This is the sound of the Killer Keller Beatbox Body Part Sample Pack. Over 120 loops, samples, and one shots for your music production. Exclusively on Splice. <laughs> yes. What are you saying when we get up then? Yeah, it's lovely, man. Yeah. I like it. It looks authentic. Do you feel strong? I feel strong. I feel, uh, yeah, I feel zen. <laughs> you look feel it. Good. <laughs> you look it, man. So uh, we've come correct today, clearly. Yeah. We're, run, we're running. We're on. This, we are, is, this is it. We're running. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Killer Keller podcast, right? And right is in this minute, right this now, inside the house, is a good friend of mine, the anonymous, but the most notorious, the DJ cut and paste the master. The producer extraordinaire. Would you make some noise? Well, no, make any noise. Just show your appreciation from out there, Mr. Jaguar Skills. Yo. Mm-hmm. What's up? Word up. I'm good. How are you? Yes, good. Yeah. Very well. <laughs> <laughs> Where you travel from? From a studio, secret location studio. You're all about these secret locations, all, aren't you? Yeah. It makes it sound more glamorous than it is, man. <clears throat> I think if you start everything with a secret location. <laughs> yeah. It just sounds better, doesn't it? Yeah, all yeah, yeah. All like a good I comic. Say, yeah, I was, I was down a little uh, shit studio just down the road there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Making yeah. an average song. Like, no one wants to know. No one wants to know about that. They want to know it's it wasn't the back average, cave, isn't it? It's the back cave. It's exactly. Kind of secret location where only the, the <laughs> most marvellous medicines get made. Right? Exactly. So, um, this, this is, this is a touch. So, you tell me Maharishi makes this stuff. Yes, yeah. How many have you got? Well, I've, I've, it's it kind of like from the very first one to now, there's been like maybe this is like version 12 or something. So there's been loads of different versions to get it right. Uh, you've got one. You've got like version seven. I'm wearing the the, the latest 12. I think. <laughs> okay, okay. But um, yeah, man, you need to get it right and f have it fitted right and, and um have the right material and shit because you're jumping around and yeah. it's fucking hard to breathe in like the very first one was a was a military swedish military one mm. and uh yeah it was made out of like industrial wool man it was fucking crazy but did, did he just scratch you or something no it was like this military war and it was it was really smooth and everything but um Man, it was just fucking hot, you know. Full on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just so crazy hot. And I remember just taking it off and and it was it like didn't it made, it was breathable, right? But the, like your eye part here, this is where all the sweat came out of. Yes, yeah, so, so it like it was like water coming out of my eyes. <laughs> and I took it off and all the rest of it was like really white and, and like uh dry. Yeah. And it just had this fucking great big red yeah. Bleeding eye kind of, kind of section. <laughs> I always feel for. I mean, you know, the closest comparative, I guess, would be a um, a dead mouse or a or a slipknot. Slipknot. I mean, slipknot really. Yeah. Like dead mouse. I always thought, you know what, like he's probably got air conditioning in that piece. Well, he's it? probably got a bar, <laughs> hasn't he? And like uh, a couple of chicks selling selling serving yeah. drinks and stuff <laughs> on board. He's got like services. a little bar. He's got like a little TV. He's got like the chill out room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got a chill out DJ in there. <laughs> yeah. That's where they've gone. With That's I... where the chill out scene's gone, man. <laughs> Remember, every club had a chill out room where they'd play yeah. like funk and, and uh, so, yeah. That's he's got where, that. That's where they've gone. Retina display, blink, two blinks, can you get Facebook He's got up? this other DJ who does his set for him whilst he kind of <laughs> does his Instagram. Do you know what I mean? And I can remember, like, uh, Corey, what's his face from uh, Slipknot? I don't think he has quite the same experience under that. No, they've just got, like, piles of shit. <laughs> <laughs> and a couple of dodgy hookers. You know, you know the Tom photo on MySpace, you know, the one that's yeah, going around yeah. where he's in a bit of a mess? Uh, that's what I think of inside the, <laughs> the Tom photo. <laughs> yeah. Man. You know what I mean? Has anyone, like, fucked around with that Tom photo, like, brought that Tom photo back? They need to bring it back into I'd wear a t. I'd wear a T-shirt of that. Yeah, Wouldn't hands you? down. Hands down, that's, that's, yeah, yeah, you need, you need do that. that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You must have quite a sober night with this thing on. Well, well you would think so, wouldn't you? Yeah. Well, can you, can you get drinks? I've stopped drinking drink? now. Yeah. But there was a point where I would just, I used to kind of duck down and, and pull this down and yeah. have a couple of shots or whatever. Yeah, yeah. 
But then it got to a point where I would just get the bottle, just stick it <laughs> straight and in. suck it through. Just, yeah, no, because look, you'll find it's quite breathable. Yeah, m- massively. Yeah, yeah, so you can actually do quite yeah. a lot. You can smoke, you can drink through that. Yeah. It's got a lot of, yeah, it's got a lot of give. Like, you yeah, can, yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to take it off because I'm yeah, feeling yeah, quite yeah. rude to the, to the bovine public. So, yeah, yeah, yeah um... Yeah. <laughs> It's quite good. good. You can kind of put it around your neck, have it as little yeah. kind of yeah, thing, totally. a thing. I mean, I, recent, I, recent, I recently got mugged down the road, right? Did you? This is how I'm rocking now. This is, I'm going straight ninja. Yeah. What happened, man? Yeah, yeah, I got <coughs> knives pulled out of me. You're fucking <coughs> kidding yeah, me. Luckily, it didn't take my, my, my phone or anything. My wallet didn't get taken either. Nothing. So they didn't take anything? Nah. They, well, they took my jewellery. Um, so they can take that karma with them, motherfuckers. But yeah. So now, now I've got this. I'm going to rock this, you know. You'll just get arrested by the police. <laughs> mm. Yeah, and that the irony. The ones with the knives, they get yeah, off. Yeah, and yeah, I'm yeah. The, one with the ninjas get arrested ninjas nowadays, get. I think. But let's go back, because um, we've known each other for a, a good while in different guises, in different, yeah. um, in different uh, superhero outfits. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> I think, I mean, we, we bantered on this one. I, I'm thinking maybe late 90s. We yeah, were hanging out. Ninety-seven. Ninety-seven. That's right. And you, yeah. <laughs> let's let's, let's maybe go back there. Nineteen years ago. Yeah, dude. Because I think for anybody that's kind of stepping into the the Jaguar Skills octagon now, yeah. it's like you're forced to be reckoned with. But but there was a journey for this. There, yeah. there was a lot of kind of uh, think tanking and ideas that were kind of kindling that, and through circumstances, you ended up being yeah. this dude. Yeah. Talk us through that beginning. So Paddington, Fat Boss Magazine, yeah. editorial. Yeah. So I, uh, I, I, my well, my dad, my dad was a DJ, right. right, and he was a radio producer, right. And I always grew up around records all the time. So in fact, he was my dad was the guy who who I believe found David Rodigan, right? So David Rodigan was, wasn't, didn't have a radio show or anything, wasn't on the radio. My dad started a reggae, was going to produce a reggae radio show, needed presenters, and found David Rodigan and this other guy. Um, I've, forgotten who, I've forgotten who the other guy was. What? So Rodigan used to come around my house when I was a kid with my dad and, they used to look through records and shit and, and yeah. That's insane. Yeah, it's quite funny, isn't it? Yeah. Like, so how's your, how's your pops now? Well, he passed away. My dad's passed away like 10 years ago. Oh, okay. But he was, okay. he was like maybe like 10 years older than Rodigan. Wow. And he always used to, he, yeah, he told me the story about how he found him and, and uh, how, how much Rodigan knew about reggae, you know? Yeah. So when you t- when you hear stories about Rodigan and the, you know, uh, there's naysayers and people that you know aren't c- quite sure about the reputation and history of Rodigan, you can say categorically like he's the bona fide. Well, like I mean, like all you need to do is go on to YouTube and check out some of the sound clashes and shit that he's done. And, uh, yeah, uh, like what the fuck, man? Yeah, to, yeah. St- to go to like some crazy sh- Jamaican shanty town and just on your own, roll out and just yeah. shut it down. Yeah, yeah. Like what the fuck, Bulls man? The that, wall, that, that, yeah. that, that's like inspiring as a DJ for me. Yeah, yeah. Like to see something like that. Yeah, absolutely. As, you know, and especially kind of looking how he was. At, <laughs> he looks. You His know, whole like demeanor. It, it, yeah, like, you would it, think. Lo- it looks like the craziest guy in the situation, doing these kind of sound clashes. And he fucks them. He totally fucks with them. Mm-hmm. Shuts them down. His he's passion. Ama- he's amazing. Yeah, man. Right. So that was the thing. It's like uh, I'm trying to remember the other DJ. But there was a, yeah, I mean, I mean, I, the, 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 there's loads of stories. My dad, mm-hmm. there's, there's a lot of stories, but I don't know if I can like no, <laughs> no, love it. fill them out. But, but it inspired like, you. Yeah, yeah, but it, um, yeah, so, my, so my, that, was, that was the thing. So I was always around loads of records. We didn't live in a kind of big house or whatever, but like it, everywhere was records in my mm. house. Mm-mm. And vinyls everywhere, man. Mm. Piles of vinyls. And we used to have like uh, uh, vinyl dealers come around. And, and my dad would get like, he'd have like white labels of like crazy shit. Oh, like. So, yeah, so, and I used to be, I could, I, I somehow like memorized the covers. Uh-huh. So when the dealer would come round, my dad would 
I'd get the pile and I'd go, yeah, yeah, we've got that. We haven't got that. We've got that. We've got that. You know, like it's seven years old, right? And I'm sorting through oh the vinyl. God. And he'd go, okay, You're well, the prospect, dude. You were the prospect. That yeah, you yeah exactly. So like, it was crazy, like thinking about that. But like, yeah. And then, uh, and then when like hip hop, when I started to get into hip hop, I would, you know, like, and you would have the, the the record sleeve, and it would say who sampled. Yeah. Yeah. Like for instance, a, a sort of tropical quest album. Yeah. Look at it. Oh, it's this jazz guy. Uh-huh. I would then go into my dad's collection. He'd have the fucking break. He'd have the, you know, he'd have the sample uh-huh. on the vinyl, the original. Yeah, the original. So then I started discovering like soul and jazz and funk and disco, and this, you know, like he'd have all the original joints. Mm. He'd have all these sound effect records and the BBC of Symphonic Workshop and mm. all these library records and just like all these crazy fucking <laughs> records. So that's how my kind of musical knowledge. Started, I guess. That's amazing. Are you based in London? No, no, just outside London. But um, yeah. So then I, I, and I never really thought thought about it, but like that's how it all. Yeah. That's how my knowledge kind of came across, yeah. and then I just started. Extremely organic. Yeah, and then I didn't get into university, and I was really into the Source magazine when it came out. Mm. I loved it, man. And I thought, I fucking want... It's stupid, like, naive, but, like, I did it. Like, it was like, I want a magazine. Because mm-hmm. I love the Source magazine. Mm-hmm. I wasn't a journalist, and I was shit at writing. But I thought, I, I want a magazine. So I just made one <laughs> in my mum's garage, stapled it up. We interviewed... I interviewed this rapper called Blade mm-hmm. and this other group called... Catch twenty two. Yeah, remember them? They're from Manchester, right? No, 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 no. They were from. They were from. Oh, that's Crispy Three. Crispy Three, yeah. It was on the Cold Sweat label. Yeah, yeah. I remember. I remember Catch twenty two. Yeah. What? What would you? That was British hip hop, right? To me, that's definably like the era of British hip hop. You know, I was having this conversation about the term Brickcore. I can't remember what I was speaking to about brick it. Brickcore would be like. Would that be like gunshot? Gunshot, or? yeah. Hijack. Hijack, yeah. Kind of that more kind of alarming um, bomb squad style sound. Yeah, isn't it? exactly. But th- th- now, did that turn into drum and bass? Kind of did, didn't it? Yeah. It had that kind of amen, but then they just sped it up a bit more. Because everyone was trying to copy Public Enemy, basically. Essentially, yeah. Yeah, and Rhyme Syndicate. That y- kind yes. of era. Yeah. Did you ever go to Camden to Five Star General? Yeah, what was the name of that dude? The guy that owned... <laughs> he was a dumb. He used to They were all bootlegs. Were, were they all bootlegs? I like to believe they were. I like to believe they were. Because I got a uh, Tommy Boy <laughs> staff, Tommy Boy jacket, yeah. Carhartt jacket. Yeah. Do you remember them? <laughs> they were no, the, that was the shit. The shit. And, I, and I remember buying... Some lynch mob t-shirts, ice cube lynch mob. And oh, I'd kill for one of them though. Yeah, I know. They're, they're yeah. Amazing logos. And yeah. See that to me, man. That kind of era where you would have amazing logos mm. and artwork with the band, and it, and, and it was like you you couldn't you couldn't like find that you couldn't. There was nothing online. There was no internet. No, there was nothing there to kind of. You had to go and search for these things. Yeah, you did. Yeah, that's right. And like places like, was it Five Star General? Five Star General. There was a couple of others, but when you talk about the logo and branding, I mean, Fat Boss definitely had that as a magazine. And Jaguar Skills, you know, the whole kind of Thundercat thing? That yeah, yeah. Like, you, you've been really brand conscious. Yeah, Do you know we, what I mean? Yeah. O- only because there was another thing my dad collected, which was comic books. <laughs> right, so... so we had loads of records and we had loads of comic books in the house. <laughs> so when I started my magazine, I wanted it to be like a comic book. And they're just like, I guess it wasn't, it wasn't really conscious that I was doing anything. It was just like, I wanted it to be like a, I wanted the, the headline or the name, the magazine was called Fat Boss. And I wanted it to look like a comic book, that's all. Mm, mm, mm. And when I started doing Jaguar skills, I just wanted it 
it to look like a superhero or like Good, yeah. brand, not even branded in a way. It's just, I like big logos. Yeah. I'm into that. So I just couldn't. So I came up with the name and the logo before I even started DJing. Mm-hmm. Like that's what I came up with first, and the I drew and you forged everything around. Well, it. I, I thought like what, what it actually was was I wanted to when I stopped doing the magazine, I didn't really know what to do, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was doing some of the artwork and stuff for my magazine, and I got a few little design jobs here and there. I, like, I used to love the artwork on that in the magazine. For me, it was one of the. It was one of the key things about it that I loved. That's, that was my main thing. Yeah, yeah. It's like a comic in a. Yeah, comic. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, and 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 I, and I assumed that everybody buying it already had like a real working knowledge of hip hop anyway. So I never actually interviewed any MCs or DJs on the thing, and asked them about hip hop. I was looking at the magazine actually a while ago. It's like shit. I didn't ask any hip hop questions. It was like yeah. if they were talking about. Because this was the time of super lyrical shit, <laughs> right? <laughs> so you'd have, for instance, cannabis, right? Yeah. Being interviewed. And I'm t- asking him about all the science and shit behind his lyrics. Like, actually, what scientists... He was talking about certain scientists. And we got into, like, remote viewing and shit. <laughs> and, like, real deep kind of stuff that <laughs> he was talking about. And then I interviewed the head of remote viewing dr ed dames and then i got into all the all the conspiracy shit this was like 20 years ago you it's know sophisticated, I, I, man. It's I, sophisticated. I, was, I was friends with david ike for yeah. instance so it's like uh, i'd go around david ike's house and we'd talk about shit and people thought he was fucking nuts but i just thought it was kind of interesting it's fucking interesting man mm-hmm. and and i just wanted interesting shit so i like for me at the time hip-hop connection we're talking about hip-hop shit when is your album coming out? Who influenced you? What was your fucking... stuff, yeah. Yeah, and like, I guess I wanted it to, to go down a different direction, which kind of commercially, it was, it didn't really, wasn't really the one. <laughs> the one. You know what I mean? But, yeah. yeah, so, but, but that taught me how to market something how to create something from scratch, mm-hmm. the process of how quickly your ideas can start and, and how you can kind of maintain your <clears throat> own creation and be your own boss. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Starting a magazine from nothing. And then at the end, you know, we had like 40,000, 50,000 pound revenue every month coming in mm-hmm. from adverts and sh- but it costs that to fucking yeah, print. Of course. That's the crazy thing. Like in them days, it, Yeah, so you. like, yeah, that's mad. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so, but then, so we go into Jaguar Skills. I, I made this mixtape and I didn't want my writer's name. I didn't want my writer's, my journalist name to mm, be on this mm, mixtape mm-hmm. because like, I knew that everybody in the scene would make that association. Yeah, would then, make that association. Do you think would, it would taint it? Yeah. Okay. Because, right. you know what? Nobody loves a journalist in hip-hop at that time. Yeah, I get you. I fucking hated journalists yeah. for some reason. Nowadays, everyone's a journalist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The whole thing's about journalism, <laughs> yeah, really, yeah, isn't it? Essentially. But, like, they fucking hated journalists. They would do songs specifically to cuss journalists, right, mm-hmm. wouldn't they? Mm-hmm. Like, in magazines and Billboard and the editor. And yeah, yeah. Fuck that guy. This fucking journalist. And they would even have, like, songs... About British journalists, like you twisted my fucking words. Yeah, yeah. even you know, when I'm, you've written something good about them, they still find a way dude, to. Dude, yeah. I, I would used to write the exact fucking words they came out of their mouth, exactly the same. And the amount of MCs that would call me up, go fuck it all, never fucking said that. <laughs> never in my life did I say that. Da, da, da. You know, I was threatened loads of times. I had a fucking knife pulled, like they pulled a knife out on me once, and yeah, like yeah. a lot of bull- man. Yeah, but you and did that, that was, was that thing. time, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, and that was the thing. It was like. Yo, I love hip hop. I love what you're doing. Where the fuck are you threatening me? Yeah, you know what I mean. This I don't is a need public to, service. This I don't is a need to. Fu- you're selling like eight records, man. Yeah. I don't need to do this. No one else is going to fucking interview you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, and I'm giving yeah. you like five pages in a magazine, and you're threatening me still. Yeah. And so That's the way it was. That's yeah. The way it was back then. And I was, I was just felt like, yo, like. 
I'm more, I'm more creative than this, you know? And, and it was a certain thing, it was like, I feel like when I was in the studio certain times, I, I felt that I could make a better beat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, and that was, the, that was the conceit of it all. I didn't really kind of, didn't know how to use any of the machines or whatever. But like, I think through kind of osmosis and me hanging out with the best DJs in the world, and the best producers in the world. Yeah. Being able to interview Biggie Smalls mm. and Tupac. Yeah, and, you know and learn I mean? their set skills through their conversations. Like meeting them. Yeah. You know, and like meeting Big L and meeting Go. fucking... Hanging out with Proof and Eminem. Mm-hmm. And like, that, like that, going that. into like D&D Studios with DJ Premier for 10 hours and him showing me how to make a beat whilst they're recording Big L. Mad, you know, get the fuck out mad, of here. Right? And like, like him going, Yo, you know who sat on that chair? Big Daddy Kane, Biggie Smalls, and you being in that in the mix. And then Guru comes in, I just I swear to God, Guru comes in and he's like, Yo, who's this kid? And then Primo said, Yo, he, he knows about music, man. We're gonna have him here. I was rolling joints for them, and then he goes, Uh. <laughs> Yo, Prem doesn't ever ever show off these jewels to anyone, man. He's showing you the jewels, kid. And he had like he was telling me how he made "Can't Stop the Prophet" because I got the original record, and I said, "I know how you did that, man." He go, "Whoa!" I go, "You got to, got to start." Oh, them fighting tune. words, man. You got, you got to start <laughs> this tune, and then the end of this tune, and you put it together. It was like the end, the end bit, and that was the start of the record. So, yo, how'd you? He's like, "Fuck." How yeah. do you even know that? Like respect level goes up. Yeah, then yeah. you have a conversation. And, then like, Yo. mm. and I think we made. Uh, I don't know. If, I don't know. If, I don't know if it was this tune called Flamboyant, but he made he, he made that in front of me with with Big L was there and they recorded some shit. Oh my god! Yeah, that's too much for me. That's yeah, mad. that's crazy, right? That's crazy. And you was in that D and D just. <laughs> yeah, yeah, up. yeah, yeah. That's like every, it's not just every rapper's dream. That's just like. It's just, it's a, it's a, it, it, it to me like defines New York hip hop at that time. D D Studios, Primo, fucking Big L, and Guru. That's crazy, right? It's too much. It's too much. It's New York in a bottle. Yeah, broke as well. Just. You you were broke. Yeah, yeah, totally broke. What was, your, what, was your, um, what was your what was your what was your motivation and drive at that stage? Well, it was just it was just like yo, like I'm fucking twenty years old. Mm. Record label said, "Hey, do you want to interview Primo?" And I'm like, "Yes." And but you knew you wanted to, but with the whole your background on DJing yeah. and wanting to get involved, like you're saying, you know, all these things that came into your world and influenced you. Like, at what point were you like, you know what? I'm okay. I've stepped down from doing the magazines. Yeah, yeah. It's not. It's you know, I'm gonna re up go. What then? How did you get to the DJ part? Well, it, um, I got this, I got this gig. So anyway, I did this mixtape, right? Yeah. And I didn't want to have my name as a journalist Third, on yeah. there, right? So I had a kind of nickname of Skills, right? Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, and I was. And I was trying to sample shit. So right, I was I was really I really like mixtapes that were like uh, cut and paste. Shit. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Right. So like all the early Return of the DJ kind of yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. But kind of before that, I had this friend. They were poor they were called pause button mixtapes. That's it. Yeah. Right? So what you would do, you had your tape players, you had two of them in a in a sound system. And you would record one, play a tape, pause it, rewind it, mm-hmm. let go, let record, pause yeah. it, let go. Nimble. Yeah, so you could do, you do this shit, right? Yeah. And that would make a loop, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. And then maybe you would record stuff from TV and shit. <laughs> and like, it was always a, a thing, wasn't it? Yeah. Cut and paste mixtapes, right, yeah. right? I think we all did it at one point or another as kids, you know, trying to loop a, something to scratch your rap Yes, over, yes, yes, it, right? yeah. It was the only way, right? It's the only way. So I was kind of into that, and, and I was always recording stuff. I had this, like, handheld recorder, and I would always record stuff on TV and shit. 
Mm-hmm. And um. Anyway, I was I was I was kind of trying to come up with a name, and there was this. Anytime anyone said skills on anything, I would have that. Right. Yeah. Just I just copy that. Mm-hmm. And so there was this martial arts movie. And also, I love fuck, I love I love ninjas. For some reason, the aesthetic for ninjas. When I was a kid in the eighties, it was just ninja, ninja crazy. There was a time ninja when turtles, Man, yeah, yeah, even kind of pre Ninja Turtles, there was this kind of like thing of like these shitty <coughs> B movies. See, I was into martial art movies. Oh, oh it was your like, feature movies sort of thing? Yeah, like 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 I was into like all the all the Wu Tang shit. <laughs> You know, and all those kind of B movies. Definitely, movie, yeah, yeah. Kind of crap kung. They were like a big part of hip hop, wasn't That's it? That's right, yeah. It's like yeah, you, totally. Like your kung fu movies. It was movies. a big part of the MTV culture, yeah. wasn't it? You'd always see the commercials with like a bit of graffiti and then a kung fu flick. Yes, there. exactly. You know. So it was kind of like smoking weed, kung fu movies, and hip hop. Mm. You know, mm. that was the kind of teenage dream of yeah. hip, what 90s hip hop was really, wasn't it? And, That's right. And. Anytime they'd always say, Oh, you know, do you want to see my skills? Oh, oh yeah. he said, Skills. And there was this ninja movie called Ninja Terminator. And there was this section. So there was this guy in it called Jaguar Wong. Right? And he was mm-hmm. this character. Hey, that's Jaguar Wong. <laughs> like, and he was like this detective, right? So there's this bit where he comes out of this, this building and there's all these thugs, right? Jaguar Wong. Like, yes. Like, we're, here to, we're here to teach you a lesson. Like that, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he goes, oh, yeah. so you want to see some of my Jaguar skills? And they're like, yeah. And he beats the shit out of him. So he said, skills. So I was like, oh, he said, skills. Got the thing. And uh, I couldn't get Jaguars out of it. So it's like, war skills. I couldn't ch- ch- chop, the, I couldn't you get the clean quick yeah. skill. I couldn't get it. Because he was like, Jaguar skills, Jaguar skills, Jaguar skills. It's like, fuck, man. Mm. My buddy was round at the time, and I've got this thing in the background. Jaguar skills, Jaguar skills, Jaguar skills, Jaguar skills. And I'm sitting with my friend. I was like, man, I, I need a name for this fucking mixtape, man. And he looks at me, and he goes, what about Jaguar skills? <laughs> and this thing in the background, Jaguar skills, Jaguar skills, Jaguar skills. It's like, how about that? Yeah. I'm like, yeah. yeah, yeah. He goes, I think it sounds pretty cool. I was like, yeah. Should have stated the obvious, but you know. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, Jaguar skills. And then I, was, then I got on the thinking, okay, well, look. It's got like, you know, I, I sampled in this mixtape this thing, uh, there was a, um, a Das FX record where it was like, one for the treble, two for the show. Thunder, hmm. thunder, thundercats. Yeah, oh, that's it. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> this thing. I cut it up. And I thought that would be cool to have Jaguar, Jaguar, Jaguar skills. Oh, there's a thing, yeah, right? Sick, yeah. So I drew the J and I put the Thundercats logo on the J. Dude, yeah. And I had it like a comic book, right? And then like through my journalistic research skills I managed to find the original voiceover guy who did Lion-O in Thundercats the main character who said what? the ho and got him to record Jaguar 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 so the ho no. so the ho on my little jingle whatever that's the original the guy legit dude. Yeah, that's the legit guy fuck so that was that was crazy so I, I thought it was all kind of it was kind of all magical yeah. do you know what I mean yeah. all this kind of shit like everything that was happening was happening easy. Like we were saying. Yeah, yeah. It has and to feel easy, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. if you're going in the right direction, usually shit just kind of fits into place. Yeah. And um, then I, and as well, I was playing a lot of Grand Theft Auto at the time, right? Mm, mm, mm. So I was playing Grand Theft Auto and they, and, they, and they had this amazing thing in Grand Theft Auto when you're in the car, you've got the radio stations going on. Right, mm-hmm. and you got these fake adverts, mm-hmm. all this fake shit going on, mm-hmm. but it sounds so amazing. So I found out the sound the guy produced all of those. It's called Laszlo. I emailed him. I was like, "Yo, can I, can we make an advert for Jaguar Skills?" He's like, "What the fuck? Who the fuck are you?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, he, 
And I was like, look, man, I'm a, I'm a fan. I just, I, how much would it be for you to make a Jaguar skills out of it? He goes, what the fuck is Jaguar skills? I was going, it's just DJ. It's a ninja DJ. <laughs> right? Because it's like, I was looking at it from like a magazine point of view where it's like, it's, it's not me. It's like I'm making this fucking thing. Yeah, like, you're, so, you're, like, it's your persona. It's, but you it's don't... not even my persona. It's like as if I was making a magazine. So it's like what it was going to be was going to be Jaguar Skills, right? Mm-hmm. And Jaguar Skills was going to be a movie that never came out, that was came out in the, 60, the 70s, right? And it was going to be a ninja movie that never came out. And this is for the first time the reissued soundtrack from the ninja movie Jaguar Skills. Oh, my God. Right, so that was how I viewed it, yeah. right? Um, yeah, so that's why I could think about all the ninja shit because it was like it's a ninja movie, so I can make it kind of funky in seventies and all the shit that I'm into. I can then do the cover, and it doesn't have to be me in a fucking mask. It can just be the logo, like the yeah. logo, like a seventies movie. Yeah, and that's what I was gonna do. So, and I, and I wanted to have like adverts seventy in the night, like in, like done in the seventies style. Yeah. Like all the black exploitation films or the kung fu movies at the time, and I knew that Laszlo would be the guy to do it, but I don't know. Like the fuck. Yeah. So anyway, we spoke on the phone for uh, for for an hour or so, and then he was like, "Look, dude, I just need to get somebody else to speak to you because I'd love you to do voiceovers for the game." Mm-hmm. I was like, really? And he's like, yeah, yeah. So I'm the English. I'm an English guy on the Grand Theft Auto Five. Yeah, 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 get the so fuck I, I was out. Like, oh, There's a couple of other ones that I did for him, but that that, that, that was weird. Yeah, it kind of came out of nowhere. But again, you've fallen into this world where you're going in the right direction, and it feels like it's yeah, yeah, it, yeah. And and sh- like I don't know, I never had a direction, exact direction. Mm. Like I'm making this kind of weird soundtrack thing. Yeah. Getting on stuff that I like. I was not wasn't a DJ at the time. Mm. Yeah, and that's how that kind of all. Wow. And then this is where it all started crystallizing, I guess, with the DJing and the records referred to when you was a kid and the cut and paste thing. Yeah, yeah. It kind of got to a point where I was, uh, I, I was, I was living in Spain, right. I was just going to say that because you did you moved out there, didn't you? And yeah. You kind of started cutting your chops in residencies, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it. yeah, because there was this guy called the there's a guy called the Barefoot Doctor. Have you heard of him? No. He's like a it's like a Taoist guru, kung fu teacher, and uh, but it just got to a point for me when I stopped doing my magazine. I was doing this thing here. And it just like wasn't making any money, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. it was like this is I don't know what I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And it's and I was DJing a bit in the bars and stuff. Yeah. And I also, I, I, as I've been so involved in hip hop, I kind of lost touch of that, and and I kind of it changed a bit. Your attitude to it? No, the the sound of it. The whole thing, right? And. You know, you know that time. It's like you'd have to be a, you have to be a fucking b boy, and you can't listen to anything else, and yeah. you can't backpack kind of thing. You can't like fucking house music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're mad, like, yeah, yeah. like especially house music. Yeah, yeah, totally. You know, and you can't, and like, and I'm listening to music that I like, and I, and I kind of want to make other, t- and I wanted, I had this urge to make music as well. You're seeing it's one and the same, yeah. music-wise, yeah. Yeah, and and so, uh, I ended up. I was DJing and and I and I didn't have any skills of cutting, but like I knew all the hip hop records. I had all the hip hop records. Mm. I knew all the fucking joints, and then I also knew all the joints as well from the eighties, from all the pop music as well. Mm, mm. And I knew all the soundtrack records, and I knew all the samples, and I just suddenly knew. It's like I kind of got to a place where I, I was a real knowledge of music. Mm. Didn't have any skills at all, and I never DJed at, at all. But at that time, if you knew me, I always had a backpack with vinyl in it because I'd just gone to a record store and they've asked me to review records or I'd have got promos or I had right, tapes. Yeah. I had fucking, I had all the tapes, man. Dude, I always remember you with a backpack. Yeah, I had a backpack with all the fucking tapes, right? And, and like, fuck, man, I got like, 
I mean, I was getting tapes sent from like I got Illmatic four months before it came out on tape, right? From from the yes. studio. Yes. Isn't that mad? Dumb. Like Illmatic, man. Dumb. Damn. <laughs> so this bar was like I, I, I walked. There was this cool bar in Kingston Road. Jaguar shoes, Dreambags Jaguar shoes. That's right, yeah. Right? Just off Kingston Road. Kingston Road, right? Yeah. And I came up with Jaguar skills before that. It was just the, they were called Jaguar shoes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember Jeff Metal used to do stuff in there a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I walked past there and they were playing my mixtape and I went in there and I was like, yo, I did this. And they were like, oh, yeah, cool. Do you want a DJ here every Friday? I was like, yeah. <laughs> Fuck, do I? That was the first time I'd ever DJed ever. So I bought my records. And then I started playing records and people were dancing and I started playing like 80s pop music. And mashing it up sort of Yeah, thing. well, just kind of playing it alongside a Jay-Z record or some beat, yeah. something, you know, something else. Like, And then I realised, shit, this is what I was supposed to have done, man. Mm, mm. And I was kind of annoyed that I'd done all the magazine stuff and all that because it was like, at that time, I just thought that was a waste of fucking time, man. I should have been DJing from day one. Mm, I think back then, back then when it came to magazines, it was like an. It just always felt like it was a, a silent crowd of people that you. The only time they pipe up is when they were critiquing it. Yeah. It was never like a like like I'm telling you now how, how good it was, and you know uh, I'd like to think that that resonates on a level of why it was worth doing. Yeah. But but I know that feeling when you feel like well that was a fucking big old waste of time. But it's part of a journey, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course it is. And and like meeting all all the people who I met behind the scenes, all the record labels, and saw how that worked. You know, mm. like I worked at Raucous for a while. You mm. know, when it was popping. Like, yeah, I remember you doing that. Yeah, yeah, like and it was like, you know, like meeting all of these guys who now are fucking <coughs> super legends. Mm. But like, you know, I met like Jay Z four or five times. I like interviewed him a bunch of times. I was at Abbey Road studio with Jay-Z and Leo Cohen and Dame Dash whilst he recorded a thing for DMX. <laughs> That's no. fucking mad, isn't it? This like, is crazy. Like, you're, you're like, your yeah. history referencing is nuts. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd never, you'd never know that underneath the mask. No, no, no. But I mean, it's just certain times and places and it's like, especially in those times when it's pre-internet, there wasn't many magazines for the underground hip hop stuff, yeah. really, was there? I mean, um, can you imagine if they had the what they had now with Fat Boss well, being? Well, we've got this now. Yeah, but a whole different world. Yeah, yeah, it? yeah. And and but the all well, the photos you've had with different people, they'd just be up on Instagram, and it would be a no-brainer that people would just associate you with those sorts of. Yeah, songs. yes, yes, mm. yeah, yeah. But I was, but yeah, just hanging out with those guys kind of really like uh, influenced me. In terms of making music and DJing and the whole and the whole thing, mm. and when I when I started DJing, it was just like a I'd seen my dad and David Roddick and DJ, you know, like and I'd seen all these things, like and and it just came so naturally, man. Mm. It didn't take no, it was not, it was nothing, and like to see the I remember thinking as well to see the effect, like with a magazine, I wanted people to really read it and enjoy it, but I never saw them enjoying it. Right? That's right, yeah. But with DJing, you instantly see if you're good or not. Mm. If you're mm, shit, no one's going to dance. And if you're great, everyone's going to want to marry you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And the same as a performer, isn't it? Yeah, totally. It's like that instant reaction is what I kind of, I think I've wanted. Yeah. And to do, and to get that. And there's nothing like rocking the fucking party, isn't it? No, there's nothing like that. Dude. It's the best. It's, it's the Nirvana. Yeah. And... You, if you're not if you're getting paid a hundred grand or doing it for free, it's it's nothing to do with the money. No, it's or more armor for your kind of. Yeah, and don't you yeah. feel like after the thing like, I kind of got into the, the the mindset of like like every time you do a gig, you just get better as a, a that's right. you just get better. Yeah, yeah. And if you fuck <laughs> up, that's a lesson. Yeah, it's your chops. You can't your chops. It's, every it's night. your chops, isn't it? Yeah. And like. Seeing that and like feeling that, like it's just the greatest thing in the world, isn't it? Mm, yeah, totally. And I can't get enough of it. Yeah. You, your um, your catalogue, the things that you've done and your accomplishments. I mean, these fall back like months, like like literally to to regular turn up 
moments in the month where you've got well this is a, this is a podcast this is a playlist this is a mix this is for radio one this is a, like you've yeah. been all over the shop doing yeah. um that cutting the chops thing the, the repetition of that yeah that 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 garners success yeah yeah it does yeah constant especially nowadays it's like we were saying before constant material out or, you know consistency yeah. and then try and make something good as well yeah yeah and it's like you can put out shit every... Like, even if you put out... I think, like, maybe... I think the level of the standard of, produ- of, of shit now <laughs> is lower. And it's just all about the consistency mm. of it. Yeah, there isn't... It's really hard to make a shit tune with what's going on out there, isn't it? Really? If you've well, got... not even that. It's like, can you imagine, like, back in the day, like, we've got two mics here that you're being, we're being recorded here yeah. in your lab, yeah. right? Yeah. Raw, raw dog, raw right? Dog, Somebody's yeah. watching this. They're not, they're not looking at the production values. No. Right? No. <laughs> you know what I mean? In fact... If they did, I'd be in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be in trouble. But like, who day. cares about the production values yeah. now? Yeah, man. You know what I mean? No one cares. No one cares because but people haven't got time. Time that It would go over their heads if it was too, you know, bells and whistles. Not necessarily this, but on, on every level. Like, people are so, like, selfie... You know, yes, yeah. The, the, the more... The, actually, the less... Now it's done secretly, isn't it? So it's like you can touch yourself up with the Instagram, you can make yourself look beautiful with the Photoshop, but you have Own to make it, it still yeah. look raw. Like it's still like, hey, man, I'm, I'm just here. I'm right? casual. Yeah. I'm just casual. I'm just yeah. here now. That's what it is. Yeah. That's where, that's where the, the techniques happen now, yeah. I think. And with, your, uh, with all your different media platforms, um, and I said this earlier to you, uh, what's, what's really interesting is the... Your ability to, like for instance, your Instagram, your yeah. merchandise, the things that yeah. you do. Yeah. I can't always tell whether it's bona fide or it's just yeah. a play on a design or it's a, and uh, I kind of like that. Yeah. I like that. It's like you're challenging people. Well, it's like a ninja, isn't it? Yeah. It's like when it, when I started when they started wanting to book Jaguar Skills as a fucking mm. DJ. It's like, do I? just come out just as me? Or do I put a fucking mask on and do I kind of do that thing of where it's like... I mean, so, it's funny how diver, di, diversive the, my mask is to people. Some people think it's really cool. Other people think I'm a, a fucking joker. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's interesting. And it? some people get really uh, upset and get aggressive towards me when I meet them with a mask on. Other Thre- pe- threatened. Very threatened. Right. Other people, they find it a bit sexy, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like the mixture of all of these emotions. So it's interesting. So I've never actually, it was funny. I met Rodigan the other day. I was DJing and it was at the, for this Brits, Brits party. He remembers you? Well, yeah, yeah, he does, yeah. And he said to me this funny thing, like the, the guy from Sony didn't want me to wear my mask. Right, <laughs> so I was like, "Yeah, I'll do the warm-up slot. Just don't say it's, it's me. Your name, yeah. Don't say it's me. I'll just do the warm-up slot." Craig David was after me, and the they, they, they Rodigan came up to me. He was DJing that, and he goes, "Oh, it's funny. I didn't recognise you without the mask." <laughs> I was like, wow. And you know me since I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. No, no, but it, and also, it's like people I've met with the mask on. They don't know what my real face is like. I've, how, gone, how, I've been in clubs yeah. when I've met like multiple DJs. They don't know what my face is like. And how does that feel like f- being a, a part of the Joe public and not being rec- recognised? Is it? It's really a, interesting because you can go about your business. Yeah. That anonymity that Daft Punk has. That, yes. That, yeah, yeah, I've yeah. I've never yeah. seen a documentary on that. I guess you could relate with that yeah, quite a bit. Yeah. I mean, it's it's really interesting when you put a mask on how it changes you and how it changes everybody around you. Mm. You know, I could speak to you like this with a mask on. It's funny, like, the, you, you know the look. Like, what? Like, when your friend looks at you, mm. they've got a face, right? Their face is what it is. Yeah, yeah. Right? When you put a mask on, your best mate has got a different face when he looks at you. 
he's a bit scared or he's, he, he changes the face change their face changes so to have other people look at you in a different way than you're used to it's real weird did my face change when you put on well, that, yeah, everyone's only like, slightly everyone's like, oh. yeah because I must admit when I started talking with this I was like oh sh- I forgot man I've got a fucking not because they're not going to see my expressions or nothing yes, yes, yes. next thing we don't know who's talking to who so can you imagine then like me then you're meeting me in a club I'm DJing before you I'm jumping up and down. I've got a mask on. You don't know who I am, right? Mm. You can't really read my expression. Totally. I'm shouting. Like, hey, what's up, man? And they can't see your mouth And, and they're either going to go... <laughs> All right. Like, hey, I, like, I fucking hate you. Or, yo, what up? Like, yeah. go with it. Go mm. with the theatre. Mm. You don't know what they're yeah. going to do. So certain DJs fucking just step to me. Yeah, tell me them. Who, not necessarily the, the name specifically, but g- give me an example of one DJ that you were just like weren't expecting him to like go off in that direction. I've had the, I've had DJs, I've had DJs who I didn't think would like me, really fucking <laughs> like me. Mm. I've had guys who I thought that you were my friend, and then suddenly, like everybody's got this thing about masked DJs, right? That right. somehow you're a mass DJ, it's some sort of gimmick, or that you're whack. Right? Right, right. Oh, he needs a mask to do. Like, I don't know what the kind of reasoning is, no. but there's a lot of like guys online who will go, fucking mass DJs, what's it fucking come to? Push button, fucking mass DJs. That, that, that bother you when people say well, that? When I, when I, if it's like, if I ever reply, they always go, no, Jack, not you. Okay. Passive aggressive kind of attitude. But it's more like kind of like DJ snobbery Mm. is interesting. Mm. Mm -mm. Because like a lot of DJs think they're the fucking gods Mm. of this world. Mm. When you're not. You know, it's the music. The music's timeless. And you've put on a music you've put some music on that everybody likes, Mm. right? Yeah. Fucking brilliant. And that's very, you're very lucky to be in that position. And that's the best thing in the world, right? Yeah. I find that the best thing in the world. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And if I can manipulate the music so it excites you in the way that yeah. I kind of sequence it and put it together, the way that I fucked with it, mm. that excites you. And that's brilliant for me, right? So mm. I'm, I'm creating a mosh pit over there, right? Mm-mm-mm. And I know that. It's going to get bigger in one more time. I know the next song is going to fucking make yeah. you go bananas. Yeah. I know the next song is going to then make you calm down. You're controlling this crowd, right? Mm. But it's the music, ultimately. Maybe it's the way that you do it. But, like, I don't know. I, 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 I'm on a thing of, like, they forget, like, that it's really, it's not nothing. But you get paid a lot of money, so don't fucking moan. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's the thing. Performance, make it make it something that people go away remembering as being... Not even that. It's like, like look, like, I mean, I'm one of these guys who looks at the crowd and jumps up and down, right? Mm-hmm. And I like everybody, I like controlling the crowd, right? Some yeah. DJs, they just look down, right? Yeah. They never look at the crowd. Up to you, whatever you want to do. But don't fucking moan on, on, online. Oh, this DJ before me, you know, he was fucking... Mm. Oh, he didn't fucking spin that back properly when I asked for a wheel up. Uh, uh, fuck fuck off, man. Yeah, like, oh, that mix was a clanger. Like, fuck off. Yeah, yeah. Who, ki- who gives a fuck, <laughs> yeah, man? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, who are you trying to prove? Who gives a fuck? He could be fucking wearing a dress with yeah. a clown's mask on, like, and a fucking wig. Like, doesn't... I, I, don't, I don't really... I don't really get what the problem yeah, is. Yeah, I feel that. I you know what that. I mean? Like, it's the same with beatboxing, wants... dude. Same with beatboxing. Back, back. I guess it's the same thing. Yeah, same sort of thing. And if it's any consolation, you know, I DJs as well. I'm beatboxing and, and a lot of DJs, sometimes I always get the impression that, you know, I'm I'm not v- validated enough to be, even though I've, you know, done stuff DJ-wise for years with yeah. DMC. It's almost like a sudden problem that to integrate and do the, the two things. I, I can feel that. What's that about? That. I don't know. I don't know. And it is a mad one, isn't it? There was this one guy online who was like, I remember when there was no masked DJs, no one was jumping up and down, no one asked to have their hands in the air, 
And the DJ would lean over and select a vinyl and put it on. And that was all he was worrying about, selecting the vinyl. I remember the good old days when it was just the <laughs> selecting good a old vinyl. Days. <laughs> right? Like, what's, like... What oh was God. it, like, like... Uh, you know, I, remember, I remember you know when, I mean? when, if you had CDJs, you were a joker, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. You're absolute joker. All of a sudden, right? that was a big problem, wasn't it? Like, yeah. like you, you're a big <laughs> problem. If you, you, you're a loser. You know, then you had vinyl, right, before mm. that, right? Yeah. Which I still use, by the way. Right? Yeah. I just like to keep it real like that, but mm -hmm. not even that. Because really keeping it real would be using a live band. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If right? you're going to take it back. Yeah, yeah. But, then, yeah. but then before that... <laughs> The live band, you would be using some, some sort of drum and smoke signal yeah. vibe. Because <laughs> they're keeping it more real, aren't they? Because I'm sick of these fucking live bands. Yeah. I want the smoke signal drum business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. And then before that, what were you doing? You, said cla you were clapping, right? And it's like a cappella stuff, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the real shit. You, you know, like kids nowadays learning DJs. Learning to be DJs, you don't have to learn fucking how to make some vinyls. Nothing, man. Are you fucking nuts? Like, Flash. not even like CDJs. Why do you need to even learn about that? Yeah. Like, fucking use the technology. Just use it. Run use with it, it and flip it. Yeah, yeah, com completely. Like, agree. like sync, like the whole sync button fucking thing. Like, it was a very fucking famous turntablist DJ. I was next to him. He was DJing, and he had the sync button on. Right, hmm. Hmm. and I was like, "Yo, you do you use a sync button on Sarah on on Tractor?" He was using this system, mm -hmm. right? Tractor. He goes, "Yeah, I know how to mix." That was his yeah. answer, yeah. and it was like, "Yeah, yeah." Oh shit, you do know how to mix. So why? It's a pain in the ass to mix. Like the reason why you weren't doing the DJ wasn't doing anything is because he's trying to fucking beat match this thing. Yeah. That isn't working. Yeah, so therefore he's not communicating with the crowd. Well, like, why, yeah. yeah, so like, why do you need to fucking not use, a, like, these technology that's available I to totally you? totally feel that. I totally feel that. Particularly as a front man or an MC of an artist, you, you need to be able to connect with that audience because you want them to feel like, okay, there's some skill set there. Everyone knows the skill set, yeah. but you want to be able to give them an experience. I believe that, you know. That's yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Learn, you, learn your basics, right? Yeah, man. Totally but then exactly. use the technology to kind of make it better and have a better show. Like, you know, like people would go on about Daft Punk. Oh, it's a premix set or whatever. Like there's certain DJs mm -hmm. where they're talking about premix sets. Mm -hmm. or they interviewed them and he was like, why would I, like, why would you ever premix something? That's the fun. Yeah. You're yeah. taking the fun out of all of this other shit boring, man. It's like difficult and boring coming up with the, yeah. doing this. Like the, the main fun is the actual DJing. Yeah, yeah. And why take that f live quality away? But if there's, um, if there's technology that m to make you have more fun, yeah. you can use that, right? <laughs> totally, dude. Totally. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. Because there's so much cool shit you can do now. And it's the future. It's the future. How many, like, just going back to what you were saying about the kind of purest um, attitude of maybe a lot of house DJs or hip hop heads back in the day. Uh, nowadays, it's so mixed genre, and people don't, people don't. And I think it's food technology that that it kind of garnered that. You're allowed to do that. You're allowed to mix and come, and that kind of that's kind of where it brings you up to speed and in a relevant light because you're doing that you're crossing genres it's dubstep yeah. it's drum and bass yeah, it? yeah. and you're doing it with technology and you're doing it with cut and paste mm -hmm. you know the throwback stuff that you did yeah. back in the day it's now more kind of relevant than ever yeah just because I think it's because you don't have to go to a record shop anymore mm. buy records right mm. you have to physically go to a certain style of record shop Go in the hip hop record shop, buy your hip hop records, right? Yeah. And like to the whole, that was the whole fucking mission. In a, it's pretty like I was kind of scared going into certain shops sometimes. Believe me. Right, you would have the guys working behind the counter. The guys behind the counter. Like crazy hardcore, like, yeah. like and, and like uh, almost like doorman. Yeah, totally. And they would sell you what they want to sell you almost. Yeah. And being a little kid in a record shop with all these other guys coming in. Mm. 
it was a real place, wasn't oh it? It was God. amazing. Right? I've never thought of it like that, but it's so true because there would always be older cats and they'd be friends with the, the yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These are the gatekeepers of yes. all the new music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you want not, and you've got 12 pounds, you've got six yeah. pounds for one and six yeah, pounds yeah, for another. Yeah. What records am I going to get? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And you're kind of on your ones, aren't you? Yeah. And you'd walk in and after a while they'd know who you are. You would say hello to them, but they wouldn't say hello back. Always. Oh, my God. They'd yeah. go, yeah, yeah, what's up? Yeah. And then not like it could be an empty store, and you are there. It's still not saying anything. And they're still not like saying <laughs> to you, "Is the drawing? What do you want? Here's the new shit." Yeah. It's like so, like to make friends. That was the first step, wasn't it? For your real head to make. I mean, it got to a point where I could walk into pretty much all the ones in the West End, and everyone would be like, "Yo, what's up?" Yeah, yeah. I've yeah. got. It actually got to a point where they had a stack of shit for me. We know you were coming in and we got you this, this, and this. And nice. This. That was amazing. Yeah. But like to get to that point, yeah. it was crazy. So you'd have, you'd like, and it'd be like 12 pounds each, right? Yeah, totally. One, two songs. Yeah. One song, 12 quid, right? Mm-hmm. Import. Mm-hmm. If you're lucky, it was six to eight quid. But I remember the albums were coming in at 15 to 17 or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the 12s, right? What yeah, were the 12s? Yeah. They were like 12 quid. Yeah, right? I only wanted one song. <laughs> one, one song, right? <laughs> And then, and then you'd have to come in on the Friday morning because mm. they had the, the, the things in you. You're too late on a Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Coming right. on the Friday because that's when they were, or the Thursday night or whatever the fuck. Yeah. And so, so you had two songs, right? And then you would go home and you would listen to like a radio show, mm-hmm. Westwood radio show on a Friday. Go on, night, do it, do it. Right? No, baby. <laughs> 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 uh, so you'd listen to that and then you'd have you'd listen to your records and then you'd read the Source magazine that's it mm-hmm. right for the hip hop head but like you would never go like the drum and bass heads they had to do that with their drum and bass stores yeah, right, right didn't yeah. they yeah. and the house guys had to do you had to go to Unity Records that's it and be upstairs with all the house guys. Yeah. I used to go downstairs with the hip hop. But it was very close little communities and not meant that you didn't interact really. You no, didn't really know the heads. Not at all, yeah. And, and it's like the heads knew each other, like you all knew each other mm. on the scene. It was real small. So that was another level of kind of pecking order. Yeah. Wasn't it? So you've got the shopkeepers themselves, but then there's the other pecking order of who's the who's the boss that, and who's who's got the records. Who's yeah, yeah, and like the, the DJs, the big DJs that yeah. would come in and then yeah, don't come in, Westwood's coming in now, it's time yeah, to get the fuck out of the shop. Yeah. Or like Certain other DJs or the, the guys behind the scenes, they're big DJs now. Hierarchies, man. Yeah, yeah. All these crazy kind of tribal hierarchies and shit. <laughs> but then, when you could buy it online and when you had an iPod and you could listen to your guilty pleasures and you could listen to like yeah. your house music and your house and your everything, you, you didn't have to go to a store. You, could, you, 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 might, you put it on shuffle, right? You might mm. get a hip hop record, you might get a fucking <laughs> house record, you might get a this Reggae record. record and now, everyone's growing up like that. Wow, yeah, I never thought of it like that. It's true. No, I don't know. This is, I'm just thinking like... And now, so the space is there to have like... Because you never had a multi-format DJ, did you, back in the day? No, no, no imagine that. I mean... Imagine that, the old hip-hop... It'd be on daytime, like, like a Joe Wiley, but it wouldn't be like a genre that would just... Do you remember when DJ Riz actually, DJ Riz used to do a couple of interesting things. He used things. to do 80s shit, right? Yeah, he used to flip 80s into his music. Yeah, he used to cut up 80s stuff. That's right, yeah. That was amazing. Yeah. I guess. But it's funny though, hip-hop though, that's how it started though. Mm. Yeah, we're back like that. Yeah, that's how it actually started. You'd mm. just be like, are you allowed to say Dan Barter's name anymore? Mm. I don't think you are, are you? Mm, no, yeah, I don't. You can do. Yeah, I know. I'll double check on the comments afterwards <laughs> and I'll just have to go back and edit it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you're going to... He's like, he's a bit... He's disgusting now, isn't but, he? Um, I, I was with, I, I was hanging out with Todd Terry like about four months ago and right. he was saying to me that like... Because, you know, he's predominantly like house, but, you know, yeah. he, and uh, he, he he loves... He grew up on hip-hop. Yeah. That was his thing and he was telling me all the time... Like, he was at some of the original jams back in the day. Yeah. Like, the original jams. And he was like, man, they never used to... You know... Lord Finesse wishes he could play hip um, house music, yeah. and he's the same. And Todd Terry's the same with with hip hop. Like, but back in the day, you used to be able to merge. You used to be able to have disco. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because 
that's where it came from, man. Yeah. It came from the disco. Yeah, that's right. So the hip hop came from the disco yeah. era, yeah. And, and it came from the funk era and the break beats and all of that. Yeah, and, you, and you just, you know, like um, you, one of the famous break beats is the Mickey Mouse theme, Mickey Mouse Club. It's called, and it's got this drum break in the middle, a really famous one. But if you hear the Mickey Mouse song, it's like Mickey Mouse Club. <laughs> like this, you can scratch oh it, right? And it was like hip hop would take shot from the weirdest places. And if there's a groove, you'd use it, mm. sample it. That's where it came from. Mm. Like it changed when obviously the drum machines and all that started coming out. Yeah, well, yeah. that was pretty even pre, but when they started using that, but at the start they wrapped over disco breakbeats. You know, mm -hmm. the Sugar Hill Gang and all of that. It's all yeah. disco, right? It's all like Sheik and Nile Rodgers. Which is so ingrained in our, 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 you know, our music culture. You don't actually recognise it as being, it's no It's no genre really. It's just like, well, that's them rapping over yeah. that. It's not, it's a, its own thing, isn't it, you know? Yeah. So that's what I started really getting into when I started DJing like properly. It was like, what's the history of DJing? Mm. And, and who actually did first mix first records? And it wasn't any hip hop guys. It was the disco guys. Mm. That's right. You know, like David Mancuso from The Loft. And um, there's another cu couple of other dudes as well. Larry Levan. Wow. Okay. Right? <laughs> These guys would take... Because before, like, playing records, you'd only play records when the band... It was a cheaper, cheaper way to play music. Mm. You know what I mean? Like Skiffle was for jazz musicians half time. Yeah, it's like you'd have to pay a band. I have to pay a fucking band to come in and play music at this place. Like, I'm going to put a record on. Yeah, that's right, yeah. It's much cheaper. You know, when that kind of vibe started, when the funk records, when they worked out that you could play a percussion-based record and people would dance more, yeah. that's when it started changing. That's what they were starting mixing. So you'd have old funk records with like early disco records early shit and it had a kind of 4-4 beat to it and that's how it kind of started dude so that's why some of the old school guys get a little bee in their bonnet when you they you talk about DJing because it's like they, they literally undercut them for their, their, their money and they, they the one man DJing would take out a whole club night back in the day we'll still do now and and not get paid anything <laughs> yeah I mean I can see where the beef comes from certain things yeah it's like if you've been DJing for so long and then some motherfucker with a mask appears and gets paid 20 grand for a five minute set of, <laughs> of a pre-mixed thing. It's like, yeah, I can, I can understand where it's like, oh, okay. Or, or rock up with not even a bit, a, a, a USB stick. You just get on a mic and do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah I can see where the beef is. Yeah. I get that, and I guess that happens with all types of shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But what about the future? What are you up to? What's going on? Um, I am. Uh, I've got lots of music coming out. I've been, I had, I put out some drum and bass stuff. Yeah, I heard it. Gnarly, gnarly kind of shit. Heavy, yeah. I, then I've um, I've made some kind of, I'm really into like this bass line shit <laughs> at the moment. They call it bass. Mm -hmm. I don't know, it's kind of like dubstep with a 4-4 beat to it. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's like what kind of champagne drippy kind of thing. No, it's just it's stuff like, um... There's guys, I mean, there's people called, guys like Dark Seat and Skepsis and Bass Boy and Shapes and hmm. Four. I know Shapes, okay. These guys are making kind of garage-based, gnarly house music with oh, like drum and bass kind of inf yeah. influence. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Really, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Really cool. They yeah. used to call it Baseline House like 10 years right, ago, yeah. but now... It's got this kind of new level of exciting yeah. kind of shit going on. And, and like, I've always kind of leant towards that more than just kind of regular house music. More aggressive. Slightly more aggressive, yeah. slightly more. You know when we were talking about Public Enemy and the Bomb Squad and shit? Same vibe, yeah. It's like any music that gives me that vibe, I like. Yeah. Music with balls. Yeah, or just with some sort of fucking yeah, some some sort of some. I love I love all I love all types of music to be honest. But when I DJ, that's the type of shit I, mm -hmm. I go for. Mm -hmm. Kind of more gnarly shit. So like, um, I made an EP. Uh, I think I'm gonna get that signed to. There's a couple of labels that are interested, 
And then I've made um, a hip-hop album with a pretty famous MC, like uh, UK MC who hasn't done stuff for ages. Is this an, an we can't mention? No, no, not really yet. But Amazing. I'm looking forward to uh, this. That's really exciting. And then I've and then I'm, I'm going to put out some kind of summary things as well. And I've got this t- uh, T-shirt label called Nope 23 yeah, that I'm, uh-huh. I'm going to start doing T-shirts as well. Right. Like merchants. <laughs> you still doing the Jaguar Schools and Friends events? Yeah, um, yeah I'm going to be doing that uh, this year as well. Wicked. Um... I've been really focusing on studio stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, and then... Backing it up, getting a stockpile together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've, well, I've heard some of them beats. You sent some stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of bangers. We've yeah. got a track, actually. Ah, uh, nice. So the, yeah. But you know, sometimes I think, what's the, what's the way, man? Is it to release records yourself, or is it to kind of release it on a label? Relentless. Just be relentless. Just keep... You know what I mean? It's like... Suicide Boys, you know these guys? Yeah. They they put a th- um, Fat Nick and them. Yeah, Maya, the, the American Cats. Yeah. Maya is their European DJ, the guy that um, was on the last podcast. The French dude. Yeah. He was telling me the other night when we went to see him that they put out over two hundred songs in the space of like six months, and that's what got their that, that's what raised their profile. Maybe what, more. SoundCloud. Yeah, just throwing, throwing, throwing. It's just like like a song a day almost. And it's like, I, I, you know, it got me thinking. I was like, man, if that is the standard turnaround yeah. to, to get that profile up, yeah. then so be it. You just got to like stockpile it, get, yeah, it, get yeah, him out. Yeah, get, yeah. So, you can't yeah. be too precious nowadays, you can't can be. you? You can't be. And, and even if you're we- even your weakest song, you know, they used to, was it, you're only as good as your last album. That yeah. turned into you're only as good as your last song. And it's none of that no more. It's just, just get the thing out. <laughs> get it yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. 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 (laughs) (laughs) And on that note... Yeah, man. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Mighty Jaguar Skills. This is your host, Killer Keller. We're out letting us out of fashion. Stay lucky and watch out for the ninja. He's around. He will come and get you. Peace. Stay lucky.